There's actually no research that stands up that says that the arousal for women is more like imagination, feeling, and men's more visual. There's no fundamental research there that there is a difference. Just before my 30th birthday, I decided to go through like a, a period of, of intentional celibacy. Leading up to that, I developed such a habit with masturbation and porn. I wasn't doing anything intentionally. I wasn't pleasure focused. I was just like, how can I just get myself to the end? I think for so many people, you get used to masturbating in a certain position in a certain way because it feels the best and yeah. you know it gets you there the quickest it comes to maybe partner sex and you're in a different position you're like oh not sure this works for me i want to know yeah. what what everyone's current if not all-time favorite position to masturbate to is hey everyone it's jamie here and welcome back to the podcast in today's episode we are having a incredible, enjoyable, funny conversation and insightful conversation and a very important one with our good friend Florence Bark. Florence is a sexual empowerment influencer, an author and a podcast host in her own right. And this conversation covers a lot of ground, a lot of ground. We're talking obviously sex, but we're talking really starting from a place around Florence's book. Now, this book is all around female masturbation, female pleasure, female empowerment through sex. And we go off on a number of enjoyable and exciting and highly interesting tangents. So we're really excited for you to listen to this. Can't wait for you to sink your teeth into this juicy episode. But before we jump in, a very quick word from our sponsors. We are delighted to bring you this episode along with the whole first season of the Boys Toilets podcast with the support of Heath Skincare. Heath is a men's skincare and grooming company providing daily skin protection for the switched on man. Heath's products are tailored for the modern man, designed to provide daily protection against a range of environmental stresses such as blue light and pollution, keeping your skin looking healthy as you tackle the demands of today's fast-paced world. We're incredibly grateful to be able to offer our listeners a huge 25% off your first three orders by using the code BOYSTOILETS25. That's boys toilets 25 at checkout and make sure that you don't miss the exclusive the boys toilets kit on the heath website including some of our favorite essential products from the heath range hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the boys toilets podcast today we are delighted to be joined by the wonderful florence bark who i've known for quite a while now and whose podcast i've been on and um yeah, we're both, James and I are very familiar with your work um, and just, yeah, very, very intrigued and excited and giddy, given that we've all just been giggling and struggling to compose ourselves before coming on air, um, trying to figure out what we're actually going to talk about. But um, for those of you <laughs> who aren't familiar with Florence's work, Florence is an author, a podcaster, a sex and relationship expert, and doing a load of incredible work in this space. Um, and so, the theme of the conversation today is going to be about all things sex, relationships, masturbation, male and female conditioning around this space, sexual shame, all of the good stuff, the juicy stuff. that we Rubbing know our that, hands together. Yeah, yes. all of us rubbing our hands together. So <laughs> super excited to be having this conversation. I'm very, very fortunate and grateful to have you here today with us, Florence. How are you? Welcome to Hello. the Boys Toilets. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, super excited. We were actually just having a little bit of a chat that I think would be quite interesting as a place to start. Um, 
as to your perception of the boys' toilets, not the podcast, <laughs> but the actual boys' toilets at school growing up. Yeah, well, I mean, I I didn't know what went down in the boys' toilets at all. Never had a clue. Just thought it was people going in there, getting their dicks out, feeling a little bit shy about their dick size or whatever, and you know, like glancing down at each other's junk and being like, "Oh, okay," just accidentally looked at your penis. Um, but I was told by a friend recently that it's the complete opposite of that, and it's like everyone's like farting, laughing, someone farts, another person farts and then, you know, everyone's like cheering if it's a good one. (laughs) Is that true? I I I feel they can, yeah, that all happens. Not necessarily like the the shyness and then that. Maybe it goes from (laughs) one to the other. Like, but I've certainly experienced both of those things. Yeah. 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 Wow. I like when I was told that I was shocked. I was like, wow, boys really are like kids still. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things you just described as the boys' toilets probably extend to the men's toilets as well. I don't think it's isolated. Oh, Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was literally a conversation about the men's toilets, not even just like being an actual kid. It's like, no, being a man, that's what happens. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't hear things like echoing out into the hallway and we're just like what is going on in there (laughs) because obviously all the women are lining up to go in and you would have think thought that someone would hear Mm. yeah that uh, you know what i I think we should start asking one of our guests this question because i think it's it's going to form a really nice cross-section of people's perspectives and interpretations of what the boys toilets are really like um so thank you for for going there with us um (laughs) Obviously, I gave a, a little short, brief intro into you and your work, but um, mm. I always like to hear from from the guests themselves as to uh, the big, deep question of, you know, yeah. who are you? Who are you? God, it's such a hard question, isn't it? And it's something that I always stumble on when I am asked this in a podcast, because um, there's just so many different things that I do. Um, I recently just published a book called This Book Will Make You Feel Something, and it is a compilation of 25 erotic stories that I wrote and masturbation tips, techniques, guides. And actually, you are mentioned in the book, Jamie. Did you know that? No, I, yeah, over, I'm I, over the moon. Um, I tell you, I I tell you what I was... I completely forgot. <laughs> I tell you, I, I think never that, tell you? I think we probably got lost in my, um, what's the word, grief over not getting selected to be the voiceover. For the stories. Oh, so yeah. James, oh God, not, you were you know, so close. You were so close you this, to reading yeah, it out. To include yeah. you in this conversation, um, Florence very kindly asked me to apply to be voiceover for these erotic um, stories and meditations. And I was buzzing. I recorded a demo like five minutes after she asked me and sent it over. <laughs> at, like It was like 10pm. And I made it down to you know uh, the last handful I, I think beat. you were, it was like between you and the winner. Well, all I'll say is, fuck that he guy. He was Scottish. I, I can do a Scottish, I'm half Scottish. I've got versatility. <laughs> um, but how, what, how, how and why and what am I in the book? You, do you remember like when I was writing it, I asked you um, for your opinion on breath work because I was doing a whole chapter on how breathing can 
heighten your experience when you're masturbating. And I asked you for a exercise for people to do. Mm. And I quoted you in the book. Legend. How amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's very exciting. I'm now going to have to buy a copy. Um, you don't have one already? <laughs> wow. What a friend you are. What a friend. Wait, this, this is like podcasting 101. You meant to at least like, yeah, read the book. It's been great. Desperate to dive into this and that. Like, Yeah. He didn't even know he was in the book, even though I asked him to be in the book when I asked him that question. Uh, yeah. Again, as I it wasn't. Did. It wasn't unconsensual. <laughs> It wasn't unconsensual. Hey, it, you're, it, you can speak to my people. Um, <laughs> right. I forget that people are going to be listening to this. So let's have let's have a conversation that isn't just three friends catching up. Um, as lovely as that um, is. Yeah. Yes. The, so, we were yeah, so, halfway through, right? Yeah. Yes. So that's my book. My book is very exciting. It helps you reconnect with your body and it's mainly about female pleasure. But I feel like if guys got their hands on it, they would learn a shit ton of stuff that they should know. And they could read some sexy stories as well. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know what the kind of perception of reading erotic stories is to men. Is that something that they are interested in? Or is it just like hardcore porn? getting on Pornhub and, you know, touching yourself. Do you want to dive in, James? <laughs> I, I, was <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that is like, you, you, you've you nailed it. Obviously, we're going to gonna be generalizing here, right? Um, and, and, you know, not all men um, just jump on Pornhub and crack it out to some obscure porn. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think that's a very common, very um, natural path that men boys and men fall into in discovering their sexuality mm. and exploring their bodies and masturbation and yeah porn obviously has become incredibly accessible over the last 20 years so it's a very very low it's a low risk high yield uh like high reward in terms of like safety connection exploration yeah. um but yeah obviously there it's incredibly detrimental to um developing the skill set actually understanding our bodies it's very and goal oriented rather than pleasure focused um so yeah i think you're right in terms of like when you said about like do men read erotic like novels and stories yeah i i, I haven't personally um like dived into that i'm a big fan of erotic art um mm. that's that's something that i came across a couple of years ago and found i was like this is fucking wild like this is um Never been a massive art person, but like when you see like erotic artists, whether they're Love digital it. or or yeah. what's the opposite of digital art, like just drawing shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Using um, materials like paint. Yeah, the, the, yeah. What what they do? Um, yeah, like erotic art is a um, is something that I have found. Yeah, I think I'm actually. I would go as far as say I'm quite passionate about that. So. Um, yeah, but like yeah, the novel side of things I think is quite um is quite niche and perhaps quite if you've accidentally fallen into it and just discovered yeah. it and like that you like it, then then probably yeah, but I think yeah. it's incredibly niche and, and certainly not mainstream. I feel like it's directed at women, so I wonder if something came out that was like erotic literature for men, if there would be like an uptake for it. But I think generally like it isn't a thing because it's seen as a very female thing and maybe it would feel a bit demasculating to or e is it emasculating to 
to read that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I think. Sorry, mate. If I can jump in there, um, I no. think it's, it's it's a really it's a really interesting, um, I guess, thing that came up for me around conditioning and like the different ways men and women are conditioned around sex and and self pleasure. Because I think, as James touched on, you get like for men, it's this more performative, you know, end goal, climax oriented process where it's like, let me find something that's quite in your face, turning me on so I can, you know, skip to the climax in the video and climax with it. Like, and I think that it's almost, it's the sort of the very masculine outward expression of that. Whereas for women, there's obviously, and I'm sure we'll come onto this, this more like conditioned um, feeling of, of, of shame and secrecy around self-pleasure and pleasure in general. And yeah. as that's been, you know, amazing work has been done by the likes of yourself and Reed and everyone else in this space that is doing such good work to, mm. to, you know, change that, the ways in which women are reclaiming pleasure and self-pleasure are actually in slightly, and I don't want this to come across in a shaming way or a judging way, like perhaps slightly healthier, perhaps slightly more real in terms of the fullness of the pleasure, the fullness of the experience. And so I wonder if we explored, you know, male conditioning towards sex and pleasure, whether there would be slightly different, you know, more embodied um, versions of self-pleasure, more embodied versions. It's not just, you know, you know, sneaking off to the boys' toilets for a quick wank just to, you know, get that released. It's actually, you know, creating a self-pleasure ritual, creating a a proper embodied self-pleasure practice, which is... that's what the book was all about for women it's like literally making um masturbation into a meditation that that's like the whole premise so yeah like how can we you know really use this sexual like i guess just our sexual body as self-care and like all the amazing things that it can do for us in in that practice yeah so interesting and I, I think there's probably also within that, like, as you said, there's almost this view of maybe erotic literature. Um, I don't know if this is the right language, but like female friendly porn, where it's more sensual yeah, and more artistic. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've watched that before and felt a level of, I shouldn't be watching this because this is made for women. And that is, mm-hmm. that's bonkers to me because it's like, if something turns you on, then something turns you on. And yeah. why why do we have to put ourselves into boxes as to that's for men, that's for women? Yeah. Why is it linked to masculinity? And to me, that sounds like a form of toxic masculinity that's like, oh, I'm not allowed to watch things that are for women because it makes me less of a man. Don't yeah. know why I'm going northern with that, but it just seemed appropriate. <laughs> um I <laughs> I was thinking when you said about um, like if we were to make erotic literature for men, you know, would there be a massive uptake? My immediate thought was no, um, not because I don't think it would be great for men and that they don't need it, but mm-hmm. because if you, I think you have to reach a certain level of awareness around how limiting, how disconnecting, how potentially harmful, um, you know, uh, a porn habit that becomes an addiction is that you realize you're disconnected, you realize maybe you're, you know, struggling to get hard, maybe you're having sexual performance issues, maybe, you know, you become so overstimulated and, and reliant on porn that you can't perform, you've got to go up in your head, you get anxiety, all that stuff that happens, mm. right? Um, that's, you, you generally have to go quite far into that, um, at, you know, in order to do something different and, and start looking at your relationship to masturbation differently. Um, 
And for anyone who isn't quite at that point, the ease of accessing like a quick win, a quick let's just open up open up the laptop lid, whack on Pornhub, you've got absolutely anything and everything on there to kind of yeah. explore how easier how much easier that is to do than to read a story like yeah. oh my god so yeah, much easier like so much easier so i think it's what men need um i would i think it would be difficult to i think if you were to write a novel it could be fucking brilliant like or like a series of short stories i think that more women would still go and buy it than yeah, men definitely. because because women women would just be crazy curious and like super excited to you know see what that is and there's no shame there and yeah. as you said like the emasculation part of it of like have you ever seen was it the episode of it was there was an episode of friends where joey discovered rachel had um a yes. yeah like an erotic novel and yeah. he like don't get me wrong he ridiculed her for it uh-huh. But but then when she started like acting it out and like trying to like showing how uncomfortable and how insecure in his sexuality like he was, she she absolutely bullied him and like like yeah, really put, yeah. put him in put him in his place. So yeah, I think it's just a higher level of like sexual IQ, emotional intelligence would be needed and I, I'm not sure men are there yet. Yeah, that's so interesting. And Joey ends up reading it at the end of that mm. episode as well because he's like, what's mm. in here? Yeah, and, and that's actually, to be honest, that's maybe the other side of it, where what men are aware of is, yeah, nah, that's, that's I don't know, whatever they might say, that's girly, gay, mm. whatever stupid term they might use. But um, if it's in the quiet of their own bedroom, you know, it's the yeah, same as yeah. whatever they whatever they watch on Pornhub, which, you yeah. know, they're probably not going to be discussing because it's probably shame-driven, mm. might, st- might, still, might still do it for them. So who knows? True. I, I anyway, actually wrote... Something. Yeah, you you should. <laughs> you definitely should. I wrote a couple of my stories from the point of view of the penis owner, from the guy's point of view. And I wonder if those stories in particular would be more palatable for men to read. But I also found it fucking like hot to imagine being a man having sex with an amazing, beautiful woman as well. So mm, I don't nice. know. Love There's that. some something there for everyone. Uh, absolutely, I think. I think I was just wondering as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is stuff that gets thrown out from just a, a traditional conditional place or whether it is legitimate science. But I often hear people talk about the differences between men and women, or the male brain and the female brain, when it comes to arousal, and and saying you know men are yeah. more visual and women are more. You know, it's more intellectual and sexual and imagination based. And I wonder whether the depth that a novel can bring in terms of having to use your imagination and there's more about the connection, perhaps, and more about the depth actually brings more arousal for a woman than it would for a man. And again, we're generalizing, but I do, I don't know if you've kind of had conversations around that with, with women as well. Well, this is the funny thing is that I started writing something about this in a, in an article for a book and my publisher that went through what I had said and she was like, this isn't based on fact. And mm. I was like, I'm sure I've heard someone say this before that's like sounded like an official source. And she was like, there's actually no research that stands up that says that the arousal for women is more visual, uh, is more like imagination feeling and men's more visual. There's no fundamental research there that there is a difference. It's actually the opposite, I think. 
which is the wild thing. But like, we're just led to believe. And I, you know, I've done this work for like almost 10 years at this point. And I still was like, yeah, like, yeah, women just, we like to imagine things. We're more sensual. And it's like, men just like visual, hardcore stimulation. But it's like, where actually does that come from? Because women get aroused from visual things just as much as men get aroused by visual things. But I just think it's like men don't, they're not put in the same place to be receptive to imagination and other things because it's just what they've been learnt, taught even. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to go there with like, I'm I'm never like against I'm not, I'm never, I'm not like nature versus nurture thing. Like, is it our genetics or is it our environment? Yeah. I'm never like, I'm never fully like anti nature. Like, I'm very happy to be like, yeah, you know, being a man and being a woman, there might be slight different, like, um, yeah, predispositions. But like, everything that we've just been saying is, is based on the fact that men are in society to me anyway. This is, this is my opinion. Um, men are quote unquote allowed based on what a man should be to you know watch watch hardcore porn whereas a woman is shamed for that a man is yeah. redu- a man is reduced to not being much more than that so that's where a man is is shamed around his sexuality um and and a woman obviously talking in a binary sense here um a woman is is shamed from being sexual at all. So I, I see those as society-based, like a divider and pushes you one side or the other, but I think they're actually the same thing from like the opposite side. It's just we're, we're all shamed and we're, we're not, there's something that we're not allowed to be uh, based on what society says. And so therefore, if we're not allowed to be that one, we will absolutely allow ourselves or pursue being the thing that we are quote unquote allowed to be so for women that might be emotional and sensual and for men it might be fucking watching some hardcore porn and banging one out yeah and I feel like I was trapped in that kind of what I was allowed to be for such a long time and it took into my like late 20s for me to fully be like actually I have like a masculine side as well as a feminine side I remember being in a relationship in my earlier 20s where my boyfriend didn't like it when I wore more masculine clothes. And he was like, because I wore this like big, puffy, like Adidas coat, which I absolutely adored. Um, And he was like, why don't you get like a, you know, like one of those fitted trench coat kind of things. And I was just like, because I don't like those coats. I want to wear this one. But there was always this like, Ooh, if I'm wearing something baggy on top, I should be wearing something tight underneath so that it shows my curves. Or if I'm wearing baggy trousers, then I'll have to wear something tight on top so that I'm not seen as this like masculine kind of figure. And it, uh, yeah, it was only until my late 20s I was like, actually, fuck that. Like, I'm going to wear whatever the fuck I want and be masculine if I want to be masculine. And I, hearing that, I'm just thinking, but I'm actually bringing it maybe a little bit more back to like masturbation, self-pleasure, wanking. Um, I, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember one of my, when I, I think it was just before my 30th birthday, I decided to go through like a, a period of, of intentional celibacy. And at the beginning of it, it was like full lockdown, no sex, no masturbation, um, no, what was it? Like, I mean, it was all like no, no dating apps, no 
ego-boosting conversations, no empty surface level. I'm just looking for validation, so I'm going to swipe on Tinder, like all of that. I just, I completely shut it down. And I think it was like two weeks in, I think in that two-week period, like I'd actually got hard like twice in two weeks. So I wasn't waking up with like morning hard-ons. I wasn't doing anything like that. And leading up to that, I developed such a habit with masturbation and porn. It was basically like every night before I would go to bed, like I'd done my teeth. I was, I was like getting down, settling, like cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not even turned on at this point, but I'm just like cool, grab my phone, load up Pornhub, choose something to watch, yeah. that little thumbnail. I mean, like I've porn. done that as well, but without the porn. I'm just like, okay, clock into the porn in my head, get the doxy wand out and like just yep. buzz out. Wasn't It was just to fall asleep, basically, wasn't it? Which is what we've just described as I followed the path that I am told I am allowed to or should be doing because I'm a man. You're doing the same thing as what you should be doing as a woman. Yeah. Um, at no point was there any physical arousal, any emotional, mental, like, mm, I'm feeling a little bit like turned on. It's just this fuck all there, right? Yeah. And it was only when I was like a couple of weeks in, I was actually part of like um like an accountability group with like 10 dudes from Australia who were all just like called in to do like celibacy. And so we jumped in and jumped on calls and shared what was coming up for us. And wow. it was it was, it was amazing. And um, I remembered like, yeah, as I sort of went, right, okay, well, I've realized that I'm disconnected from my body. So I actually now need to incorporate, reincorporate some work that involves self-pleasure. So I was like, all of this stuff around, which I previously cringed at and thought was embarrassing around like, semen retention but like edging and like bringing yourself to the point of orgasm and yeah all of this stuff and, and actually i was like shit yeah and, and it was only at that point that i was like okay so what about using things like you know lubes and oils as part of my masturbation process because up until that point i wasn't um i was aware of uh, like I'd, I'd use them in sex and stuff but as part of my own practice absolutely not so all of a sudden I started doing that and I was like, why, why, why haven't I been doing this? Because I was just, I wasn't doing anything intentionally. I wasn't pleasure focused. I was just like, how can I just get myself to the end? Yeah. Wow. I think as well, sort of wanking is a metaphor for life. But like I've been speaking so, <laughs> <laughs> title okay. of the episode, title Sorry, of the episode. Um, just from a place of what you mentioned there, James, in terms of intentionality. How many of our behaviors are on autopilot? How many, you know, of these little things that we do are either from a place of should, because I should do it and I think I should. And you've almost lost sight of where that initial should came from. Like who made yeah. you think that you should do that? And also just a complete lack. It's just this autopilot, no intentionality. And it's like I was having this conversation with someone about coffee yesterday. It's like, are you having your morning coffee because you enjoy it, because it gives you energy, because it makes you feel good? Or are you doing it because that's what you do? And if the answer to anything in your life is because it, because I do it or because that's what I do or because I've always done it, there's a yeah. question to be asked there of, of why. And I think there's always value to be gained in taking time away from that thing to reassess your relationship with it. And I think masturbation is such a important mm -hmm. example for people around that of like, uh, interestingly, like positionally, if you get, I think for so many people, you get used to 
masturbating in a certain position in a certain way because it feels the best and yeah. you know it gets you there the quickest. Yeah. And then you come, it comes to maybe partner sex or a different scenario and you're in a different position. You're like, oh, not sure this works for me. And you get very rigid and very fixed in a certain way of doing things in your self-pleasure practice. And I think that needs, should be yeah. a part of this conversation as well. It's like not just looking at, you know, the, the setting and, and your relationship with it, but also how you do it and why you do it and, and thinking about those facts yeah. as well. I think a lot of um, guys I've heard that watch a lot of porn can find it hard to come in real life um sex situations because they're so used to seeing a certain thing that like when it's not happening like they'll just they'll have problem coming or like um yeah stuff like that but it's interesting because i feel like in in my experience um using like the same toy again and again and again and like being becoming like really obsessed with it gets you into a place where you're actually not going to be able to feel the pleasure in a certain way. And it's not that toys desensitize you because there's a huge myth around that, but it's that your brain gets used to feeling pleasure in a certain way. And then when you're having sex, you might need to have the vibration as a stimulation as well to get to orgasm. Um, and there's like a huge, huge thing with that when it comes to female pleasure, because we, you know, we have a plethora of toys that are so acceptable for us to use. And that's like a whole other topic, like, because obviously male sex toys are really stigmatized when they shouldn't be. It should be so equal. But yeah, we're using vibrators all the time on our clits and stuff and getting ourselves to climax quite easily that way. So when we then go into sex and we don't have that, it can be extremely hard to get into that place of orgasm just because our brain is so used to coming clitorally with a vibrator. Mm, which feels this like, again, it feels like the same from both sides i.e we get we get into our practice we know how to get ourselves there which you're absolutely right in that our bodies create cr like crave and need variety and novelty so if we're not yeah. giving our bodies novelty and variety and how we're stimulating and exploring yeah that that thing that gets you there will work until it doesn't yeah. and then when it doesn't that's where you start to get men who go up into their heads actually like yeah it happens in sex because they're they're not able to stimulate themselves in the same way um and then you hear all, all sorts of things like which are which are quite awful around how men will be like yeah in like having sex and being like i, I need to load something up on pornhub or can we watch porn or they'll like force their partners to watch porn yeah. with them Oh my God, um, the amount of people yeah. that probably go into their heads during sex to get to climax is mm. going to be insane. Like, I, I think I even did that recently. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. Can I, uh, I want to be like, what let, did let, you let, imagine? Let, no, yeah, that. I'm like, let's unpack that. Like, why did it happen? Yeah. Where, did, where did you have to go? Like, what, mm. yeah, what, what got you there? Yeah, let's do what? that. I think, like, how did I get there? I think it's because recently I haven't had that much partnered sex because I've been mainly single, been dating a little bit, got involved with someone, not involved with them anymore. But um, I was using my Doxy, well, no, actually, it's the Hitachi Magic Wand, which is like a fucking crazy vibrator that's so powerful. It's like it's a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. <laughs> but I was using that so frequently that I think that you know, my I think it was just harder for me to orgasm because because of using that. Um, and this person was going down on me, 
And I was like, this feels so good. It feels so amazing, but I couldn't quite get to the climax. So I went into my head and imagined, um, I mean, I'm bisexual and I think I've had a bit of a fascination with um, having sex with women recently. So I was like, he's really good at that. Imagine if I was doing that to someone else. So I was like imagining myself eating out someone else's pussy whilst he was eating my pussy. And that's how I came. Nice. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) That's how I went. Yeah, not to be like, yeah, like deduce ourselves to like, fucking all up so hot but like great work like well done for having the awareness of what got you there but also to be yeah. like oh yeah I, I i actually when i reflect on that i i did have to go up into my head to create the stimulus necessary to get my yeah. body there because i couldn't just do it with what was going on or like guide exactly. my partner and just because i am in this space and i like i teach about this stuff i write about this stuff you know like i wrote a whole book on like how to really connect with your body doesn't mean that i'm not going to be going through all the same things that everyone else is going through um like when i was writing my book i was talking with my intern about what what sections i should go into and she was like oh why don't you write a section about like masturbating in different positions and i was like that's, that would be me being a total hypocrite because I must be in the same position every single fucking time because it's comfy and I feel lazy. And when I was doing the research, I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to masturbate in some different positions. And I, when I when I got to doing it, I was like, wow, this feels really good. Who would have known? Who would have known masturbating in a different position was actually going to feel good, if not better than how I had been doing it all this time. And it's kind of what you were saying earlier about the importance of mixing things up and keeping things novelty because then your head, your brain isn't going to then, what's the word, just like associate pleasure with one particular position, one particular toy or whatever. And I think we Mm. all are very, very guilty of masturbating in the same position. I actually put a video up on my Instagram about it the other day and it's got like over 17,000 views. And I was like, wow, people really, and it had been shared loads. I was like, wow, people really be masturbating in the same position every single time. (laughs) I was going to, I was going to ask. So, cause that, that was something that came up for me on my like, like celibacy like turned like self-pleasure exploration really learning learning my body right yeah um, and, and, and this might be a strange thing for for anyone to hear it might sound like a i don't know like a weird like masculinity like like brag but like i know i know my body so fucking well now like i yeah. I, I, yeah. I i know it like to a t to the point where there is there's no going up into my head there's no performance you know sexual performance anxiety like i and, and in fact in, in in partnered sex there will be times where I'll be, you know, with my, you know, my, my girlfriend and we might be having sex in a certain way. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly how we can change this up. Like, should I want to get there? And should that be the right time? And, yeah. you know, like, um, yeah, like, and, and that to me means that I can, don't get me wrong, you have to battle with the urge to just like flip things around or like move about and, and just go for it. Like, but yeah. it's, it's, it's great to feel like I, I, I genuinely feel like I will never have to worry about being up in my head. But that's because I went and created different in like different ways of exploring and figuring out what feels good. And yeah. Yeah. Like uh, do, do you feel like really um in a good place to communicate what you need with your partner, like during mm-hmm. sex and like ultimately you both have way better time together. Absolutely. 
Yeah, for sure. A hundred, like a hundred percent. I think, um, and coming on to, because I want to come back to what you said about like positions. I want to know yeah. what, what everyone's like current, if not all time favorite position to masturbate to is. So <laughs> I can, and the reason that like, I'm looking at Jamie, because I've got a feeling that makes him like a tad uncomfortable. Am I right? Or are you, are you willing to go there with me? Oh, I'm happy to go there. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to go there. <laughs> My yes. man. Cool. So, Jamie, you start. <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> uh, no, man, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Like, I, I find this really interesting because you, you also know that I love the word interesting when I'm semi-uncomfortable about a conversation. I'm like, this is a really Ooh, interesting, so interesting topic. Nice question. Uh, so <laughs> I have, I've gone through this journey and process as, as well of, like, identifying where... I've been very habitual and I learned this term today of hedonic habituation, which is exactly what we talked about, which is when you repeat something that feels good over and over again, it loses its shine. Wow. You know, you walk, you okay, walk along, like a be- you walk along a beautiful beach for the first time ever. And it's the best thing ever. You do it for the mm-hmm. 20th time. You just head down on, on your phone. You're not taking it in anymore. Um, yeah. and so to stall for no longer around answering the question um <laughs> my my standard is laying on my back um legs together that's something that i've always been like legs together and relatively and this is something that i've i've worked on like and with sardine. it's like yeah like relaxing my body because i'm very tense i'm very tense like in that position um but yeah like a sardine in a, in a tin um and or like yeah no that's not a good analogy um uh, i prefer the sardine <laughs> analogy <laughs> so yeah but i've also gone through a process of, of changing that up and trying to switch that up and actually really enjoyed it and again like you were saying Chloe, like that surprise of like huh who knew that would feel good right I, why i don't not- know why it's so surprising yeah mm-hmm. like who knew that the sardine was not the only way to go yeah, that's what that position's called now. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Sardine. Yeah. Um, James, b- back at you, buddy. Let's go. Let's go. So until, yeah, until like celibacy, um, it was like, yeah, it was Sardine. always the same. So I, it was, it was maybe, I don't know about like the legs together, but it was just like on your back, like kind of phone fairly up close to your face. No, oh, like, wow. no, no, like, like no. So it feels quite immersive because it's taking up a lot of your visual field. Um, and, um, and yeah, like, like, like no, no lube or oil. So it was like, like dry. Um, so it was more oh, of God, a, like, a dry like wank. A, yeah, but it, you're not, it's not friction because you're not like doing it over the top, right? You're just mm. like using like mainly the shaft. Um, right, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that but was the like, head's the most um, sensitive part. Yeah, I know. Welcome to me. For the first, welcome to the first seven, eighteen, seventeen years of my um, non-existent self-pleasure practice, i.e., unconscious wanking practice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, upon exploring and figuring it out, um, I actually now uh, it's usually on my knees. Um, knees. Wow. Re- really spread wide apart because i notice and feel how much my energy channels from like up through my legs like meeting it like obviously like in the middle but also um i have a so i will move my body a lot more 
So I will like move my body as if I'm fucking. Um, and one of my, interestingly, and I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but, um, one of the things that will absolutely, if I want to just be like, okay, cool, I'm ready to go. And I'm, I'm like out of pleasure into get to the end mode, um, is first of all, it's two hands and it's, um, this is going to sound really strange. Gone. Cheeky brag. Two hands. Yeah, come on. We're all grown-ups. Um, some of us have big dicks. Um, and, <laughs> um, sorry, that sounds horrendous. Um, but, um, clenching my... Uh, squeeze, squeezing my pecs together, like squeezing my chest, channels... Um, like, it just gets me there. Like, imagine you're doing, like... like I mean, I don't know how much bench press you do, Flo, but um, you might in the gym. I don't know. Um, but In the past. I need to get back into it, but yeah. Fair enough. Apologies. No shaming whether you're training or not. Um, but <laughs> Jay, Jay might know this from being in the gym, right? Um, like contracting your chest and like squeezing those together. That monks with like tensing my whole body up and like it just gets like the energy like moving and just gets me there. So went into Fine detail. Enough. Hope that is um hope that's sufficient. I'd I'd like to come up with a name for that position as well. Ooh, um I'm um... so what came to mind for me. And this is quite hetero from me. Um, the Robbie Keane, the knee slide. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the Robbie Keane. I'm a Tottenham man, so he. That's a, that's a football reference, but I, I yeah. like that. I like. And that then at the then at the end, he he shoots his. Load. Yeah, he does the guns, doesn't he? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that does sound. That's right, a good analogy. Really I like it. It's yeah, the Robbie Keane. The Robbie. Keane yeah, block. I couldn't think of anything else. Oh no, I'm going to think about Robbie Keane the next time I do it. <laughs> He's a good-looking dude, man. Get over yourself. Um, Everyone's got a little buy in them. It's okay. It's totally okay. That's a whole other episode. Um, (laughs) Florence, last but not least, um, please take take it away. Oh, God. So as much as I preach about changing up positions, I really don't because I'm really lazy. And... Yeah, yeah. I just, I lie on my back. The position of my legs changes. I think sometimes I like them closer together. Sometimes I like it really wide apart, depending on what I'm imagining, I think. Um, And I don't ever really use my fingers or anything. If I was going to like get really sensual with myself, it would be a different story. It would be so different. Um, I would like start, you know, massaging myself and all that shit. But if I'm being really honest about my go-to... All that shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm going to be really honest about my go-to position, it is just like, yeah, on my back, legs, I've got my big doxy wand or hitachi wand vibrator and i'm like either sort of like massaging it on my clit or just holding it there just very rigid and um, varied in do you like is it like a bit more pressure than a bit less do you pulsate that or yeah probably yeah change up a little bit um sometimes i pretend it's a penis and i kind of caress the wand a little bit sometimes if I'm mixing it up a little bit and I'm getting off on the whole having a dick vibe because it can be really hot to imagine I feel like sometimes I'm jealous of of you guys with your penises 
especially when you like touch the inside of um well the fact that you get to put your dick in a pussy is like for one just really unfair um and then like yes, other pretty good. Pretty sex great. toys and stuff that i felt the inside of i'm like i don't want to put something in there that feels really like sensitive um mm. but yeah so i'll just be on my back um doing that and i just have like literally just scenarios going on in my imagination just like creating my own porn scenes usually with like people that have been in my life recently um and then yeah it'll be a variety of different time and i'll climax and put the wand away and probably go to sleep nice yeah the old just yeah yeah, just what is it? What like I don't know what hormones it releases, but just yeah, just like relax, sweet, yeah. wind down, good to go. Although Deals. recently I've like cried a little bit at the end of masturbating. Yeah, because I've gone through a bit of a shit time recently with dating. And like sometimes it like just brings up that kind of like, oh, that's really amazing. And then oh, I don't really have anything like that. It's like mm. Should we I mean do we go into that or do we just go right next next <laughs> I think we like right uh, <laughs> is actually quite normal after masturbating and also some people naturally cry when they climax after sex also with a partner mm. so I think it is more normal than we think it is because yeah. it's just a release like our our body's releasing an orgasm and sometimes with that release you release other emotions at the same time as well I'd agree. I think if you're if you're combining, you know, orgasm and and that release with deep intimacy and safety, I think that is a, a you know not a dangerous concoction, but a you know a very likely concoction that will lead to emotion. I think it's very very natural. Yeah. If you think like how much men and women hold emotion in their hips and in their torsos and around that you know the sacral chakra and that space. It makes total sense. I think it's very, very natural. I think something that's important to discuss as well. I am not a female sensuality and embodiment and, you know, like yoni mapping, like pleasure expert. But um, I am also aware of just through having friends in the space who, you know, have spoken about the fact that women store a lot of trauma in their womb space, in their, like, towards their cervix, like the, the yeah. vagina walls. And actually, when penetrated in certain ways, that is where a lot of emotional energy from trauma can be stored. Yeah. And when it's pressed into, whether it's, like, like during sex and penetration, um, not even just orgasm, but just actually, con- like, like at, you know, sort of pressure, putting pressure into that spot, Um can can actually cause like quite tremendous like emotional uh release um which yeah yeah fully have experienced that as well i had a reiki thing um earlier this year and as she was pushing down on my kind of like pubic region um yeah definitely felt myself like welling up and lots of things coming up emotionally so yeah there really definitely is something in that and obviously if i've been going through a hard time with dating i was love bombed recently which was really hard um then obviously like masturbation would be a like a definite place for some of those kept traumas and emotions to come out so yeah it feels mm-hmm. feels like it's yeah. probably quite a healthy way to release yeah i i think there's there's a lot to be said um for the more connected you become to your body 
and your understanding of your own energy systems and your connection to that like visceral felt sense of pleasure rather than it being a like cognitive and genital experience and it being more of this like full cycle um and full body experience that's where i think you start to tap into layers beyond what you might be used to both on like a physical level a pleasure level an emotional level um so yeah i think to tie it back round altogether i think you know obviously why the work that you're doing and and the book is so important from a you know specifically in the form of the book from a female perspective but also you know yeah. these conversations you know we're hoping are going to reach people of all genders um and one question that i i was hoping to to get a chance to ask was really just around um what do you you know as a woman with experience in this space and you know knowledge and expertise but also just sort of personal experience what do you wish more men either knew or were talking about when it comes to everything that we've discussed in terms of pleasure in terms of masturbation in terms of female conditioning anything around that what should we be learning discussing and understanding i feel like generally everyone needs to learn more about each other's bodies because i think that was always really segregated at school and i mean even even in my own sex education classes i feel like i learned more about the penis than i did about my own womanly body you know like the vulva i didn't even know it was called a vulva until i started doing this work and then i was like oh the vagina is literally just the hole and that's what we've been calling this whole area for my whole life um so i feel like it's it's an education um whenever i meet someone who's done their homework on um a female's anatomy and like what turns them on and what things to do and stuff like not only are they fucking amazing in the bedroom but it just feels like they know me and see me in such a different kind of way so it would literally just be educating but i think the same goes for women as well like it'd be great for women to know more about what makes men tick and their bodies tick and if we all just like took off the blindfold and ha were able to have these conversations but i think it come it, it can be so hard for couples um to communicate what they really like because they don't even know firstly what they like themselves because we've just not been taught about our bodies in any particular way and you know the only way we've done that is through our own investigation either through porn or through like hopefully talking to friends or um reading up there's obviously like so many amazing websites out there now and like my book goes into anatomy and tips and techniques and stuff but like a lot of people aren't doing that homework and it we do have to take that into our own hands so i feel like mm -hmm. Yeah, if men could do anything, it would just be to learn a little bit more about our bodies, but then also your own bodies so that you could then communicate what you wanted also. Mm. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that, I like that's, that. I, I was just going to say that's, you know, that's the messaging that I hear for, you know, for, for women around this work so much is like, you've not been properly taught about your own body. So go and explore it, learn about it, and then empower yourself to communicate that to your partner. 
And I think yeah. that that doesn't need to be gender specific at all. That's the same no, for everybody. It it's like, yeah. be intentional in understanding your body. Don't just go on the should on, you know, I've seen that in porn or I've been told that I should like that. So that's what I'm going to ask for. It's like, learn what you like. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. Porn could even be quite educational in terms of figuring out what you like and what you don't like. Like, if you really don't know, then maybe go on a little scavenger porn hunt where you're like, okay, like what's turning me on more and what's turning me on less? Like someone might love cream pies or like hate them and like that really doesn't turn them on. Or you might figure out like certain kinks and fetishes and stuff like that. And I think that's another really important conversation that's not really spoken about often enough is that it's okay to like things that are kinky and you're not not normal for liking that shit like we all like weird kinky stuff and that could be you know from like rimming and anal to something more like bdsmb to impact play and stuff like that but these are all really normal human things that um we love to explore and we should all be able to indulge in these things if we just educate ourselves on them Mm, i yeah uh, just to jump in on that, like I love talking about shame and I love talking about sexual shame. Yeah. And I would be um, really interested to hear if that, you know, in your journey, like whether there were things like maybe when you were younger or when you were just like finding your way with all of this stuff that, yeah. you know, you, you, you knew that you liked, you knew that turned you on, but that you wouldn't dare expose or share with a, a play partner or a, you know, romantic partner because you were ashamed. And the maybe you maybe you've been through a journey and obviously doing what you do, you've clearly unchained so much about your sexuality to the point where you can talk about it so openly, you can come on podcasts, you can educate on it. Yeah. Um like was there was there anything like big or like noticeable, like really kind of big and, and remember like that you remember very clearly that you always liked that you were maybe ashamed of for a long time and that you were able to heal and and begin sharing and how good that felt for you? I feel like so many things and from like the most normal things just about my body to like actual kinks whereas Mm. like I remember like we it's very normal for women to have discharge from their vaginas it's how our vagina self cleans itself but we were never taught about that so when my knickers were like a bit wet or like whatever when I was a kid and there was like you know like the typical snail trail in your underwear it was always like oh my god like what is wrong with me I'm so embarrassed of this and you know like if anyone was to see this in my knickers it would be like sacrilege um so it's it's interesting how it can be from such like a normal bodily function that everybody has to you know then finding you know anal sex appealing or um kinks and i definitely was into the more kind of like darker kind of pain play types of stuff but would be i think the easiest way i found to incorporate that into my sex life was telling my teenage boyfriend that i was into vampires and we would just have like biting play from that but we were i mean i was into vampires so that was like an easy access point but it didn't it didn't evolve from that because it was just like oh i don't even know what it is that i fully like to be able to explain that um and then later on in my life i realized that i have a huge kink 
it's it's like maybe not a fetish but almost a fetish um for lactation play which is a more out there kind of thing that I would have always been very embarrassed to say to anyone because it's like wait what like is it like I don't know there's something odd is it does it involve like role play is that like weird like ancestry kind of weird shit um but you know what like when you when you're into something like that it's all totally okay there are so many people out there that are into the idea of being like fed from and in various different ways I guess that's probably where the vampire shit came from for me as well it's just like just feed from me um but I feel like as soon as I was able to verbally say that on the podcast it was a bit of a game changer for me in terms of like actually being able to verbalize it to partners um because I'd never been able to do that before it was actually weirdly a Netflix show that um made me realize that I had a thing for it there was a Netflix show called Working Mums and there was a scene in it where there was like a she was seeing a younger guy and she was breastfeeding at the time and she was like in pain because her boobs were so full and he was just like I will drink from you to release your pain so you don't have to pump and I'm watching that scene I was like well I'm into that (laughs) (laughs) just bang it's all it's all clicked yeah, it all clicked. It all clicked. But seeing shit like that is, um, yeah, it's really, really good for the sexual soul. It makes you feel seen. I, uh, I, I have a question. Um, yeah. Um, as a woman who who does have sex with men, penis owners, um, what if? Yeah, and obviously consent's important, so no naming people um, and share only what you're able to, but. I'd be really interested to hear your experiences around the most common things that you know that you have had men admit that they like um, that perhaps men likely feel incredibly ashamed of. Rimming and butt stuff would be just the main thing. Even like, it even happened to me recently where I was having a conversation with someone about... um, I was like, so what are you into? La la la. And um, he was like, yeah, well, I've tried, I've tried like rimming and a bit of anal stuff, but like, I don't really know. I don't really think that's for me. Um, so I kind of skipped over that and he just was talking about other things that he was into. And then when we actually ended up having sex to get him, I had come and we were like, okay, time to get him to climax. And um I was wanking him off and he was like, oh, put your finger on my taint. And I was like, okay, I I can do that. And also I was like massaging that area. And then he was like, slowly moved my finger closer and closer to his butt until my finger was like rimming his, his butt. And then suddenly he was like, put it in, put it in. And I was like, in the, in the heat of the moment, he was just like, fully open to exactly what he desired um but i found it quite fascinating that earlier in the day he had said that that wasn't something that he was that into and yet here we are my finger is up your butt and it made you come really hard (laughs) my guy i'm I'm pleased for him pleased for you but like yeah it was actually the first time i properly did that for someone as well and it was actually really fun and enjoyable i was like it was cool seeing how much pleasure it was giving him 
Good job. And I think that's not explored enough. But I feel like I feel like anal is probably the most most common unspoken about thing, mm. especially when it comes to guys' own buttholes. Yep. Because imagine, imagine like, can you get this right? Imagine that, like, the stigma around you know being gay like wasn't mm-hmm. a thing. I was going to say, imagine being gay wasn't a thing, and I didn't mean that. Like, <laughs> he's trying, he's trying to erase gay culture entirely. Hey, please, but please don't. Um, you're going to have you like, you're like, shut up, man. Like, you're gonna, that's not nice. That's not nice. You're going to have, you're going to start, we're going to edit get, that. You're going to get me like, but my business partner's gay. He's like one of my best friends, and like, yes. <laughs> um, no, the oh, man, where the where the fuck is my head gone now? That's it, right? If if the stigma and the stereotypes and the prejudices and all of the stuff around being gay did not exist and men like if there was just nothing that stopped men from exploring that part of their bodies from that sense dudes would just be so much like having so much a better time like oh my the god amount, they'd be the be, they'd be being pegs and... here right left and center mm. yeah big time so like dudes <laughs> just fucking get over yourselves and start sticking stuff up though, yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's where your male G-spot is. That's where the prostate is. That's, you know, it, it can feel so much pleasure and it's just like, why are you ignoring such a huge pleasure center for yourselves? That's it. I think if if any, this is a big generalization, but I think it's probably apt to say, if if you can honestly say that you don't like it without ever having tried it, then there's something in there that is conditioned. There is some yeah. blocker, like yeah. whatever the blocker is, there is a blocker there that is not that you just don't like it because, mm. as you touched on, physiologically there are pleasure senses in there. So if you tried it and it's not for you, fine, because yeah. not everything is for everyone. But if you're not trying it for you know the reasons that we've touched on here, like I think you're you're certainly missing out on a possible thing yeah. that you like. And there are loads of toys that you can mm. experiment with so that you can do it by yourself, but you don't have to do it with a partner if you find that awkward or embarrassing. Like, yeah, there's loads of ways to experiment with that. I think that feels like a nice place to finish. Excuse the pun. Oh, there's so <laughs> much to talk about. I was like, we didn't even get to touch on male toys. I know. Mm. I think I I really wanted to ask, and maybe we can just like plant these seeds for people to think about. But like, mm. I wanted to talk. I wanted to raise the the topic of men who are intimidated by female toys, men who like get yeah. intimidated by their partner's toys. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, I think just the whole realm, guys. If you're listening, like, I just have a think about your relationship with toys. Um, yeah, and just I think there's just so much to be explored from from a male toy perspective. From a female toy perspective, from partner toy perspectives, like just getting curious with that stuff, I think is is so yeah. important in this conversation around around shame. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved this conversation so much. I could talk to you guys all day about this stuff. Well, you would be pleased to know that there. We can we can we say that? Can we give a little bit of a, a thing to see? So this is going to be coming out in season one, but season two is going to have. Um, a lot more conversations focusing around sex, intimacy, dating, pleasure. Amazing. Sticking stuff, stick stuff up your bum. Um, Brilliant. 
So, James, you regard this? Is that is that where you're at? Is it- that's my fa- that, that's my favorite position. <laughs> the Robbie, um, the Robbie Keane. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that um, everything that we have just said hasn't we haven't been able to make time for because I think genuinely you are right. I think if if we get you back on in yeah. in season two, we would absolutely love to have you, and I'm sure that the conversation will be longer, more in depth. Um, and I yeah, all it. the juicy good stuff. So thank you so, so, so much for, for coming on. And um, yeah, Thanks we appreciate you. Me.